Hello everyone, welcome to the Shine a Light On series. Today we'll be shining a light on how to get noticed with Liz Morgan. Welcome Liz. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. Yes, thank you for joining me. To start, do you mind just giving us a brief introduction to who you are? Yes. Um, so, as Mariah mentioned, I'm Liz, aka Elizabeth Morgan, and you might see me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty involved on the platform. I'm coming up on about 53,000 followers who tune in weekly for a lot of my job searching tips, um, recommendations for personal brand, professional brand, just how to get noticed. Um, when I'm not on LinkedIn, I'm doing my own types of marketing. I have, yeah, so I have my own little earring business. I actually make earrings out of clay and I sell them on Etsy. So I like giving people kind of tips and tricks on how they can sort of blend their personal life and interests with uh, selling something or even just being associated with something that um, is sort of larger than, than just um, themselves as a person. So. Yeah, when I'm not on LinkedIn, when I'm not making earrings, I'm working my full-time job. Yeah, so for my full-time role, I actually work at a company called iSIMS, and I am one of the, I am their senior social media program manager. Uh, so I am running all of their social media pages and strategizing ways that this company that cares so much about candidate experience and um, making sure that companies have good human resource software installed. Um, I love talking about that and, and trying to help job seekers through that as well. So um, I love to garden. I'm gluten-free. And I'm so excited to talk to you about, I have so many tips and tricks for how you can get noticed, how you can be seen, whether it's for your hobbies, maybe something you want to sell, or maybe it's your ideas. Maybe you have strong opinions about something and you want the right people to notice you for it, to maybe give you a job or work with you on a project. But I have a lot of ideas and I'm super excited to dive into them today. So thank you, Raya, for having me here. It's really cool. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Thank you for joining us. I think you're the best person to talk about this topic. Okay, I <laughs> obviously noticed you on LinkedIn at some point and I would say not only are you great at getting noticed, but also I think it's just very obvious of sort of your your persona and who you're putting out to the world immediately when you're noticed. So I think that's another layer that I'm excited to unlock with you today. Thank you. Yes, I'll spell all the beans. <laughs> Yay. Okay, cool. Alrighty. So a lot of people seem particularly interested in this topic, especially these days after a year of shelter in place. So to provide a little bit of context for the audience, what do we mean exactly today when we say getting noticed? Noticed where and by who? Yeah, great question. So getting noticed to me, it's kind of a multi-platform social answer is what I'll give you. So I'll share tips on how you can get noticed on LinkedIn, not only for job opportunities, but to potentially meet your future coworkers, people you want to be friends with, um, opportunities that you want to maybe get involved in or that you're passionate about. I'll also talk about ways I'm getting noticed on Instagram and I'll dabble a little bit on Etsy as well. But I'll primarily spend a lot of my time talking about the strategies behind getting noticed on the professional platform LinkedIn because I believe that it's the strategy that I'm going to share is pretty untapped. People are starting to notice it 
but I've been able to build a pretty substantial following on the platform, um, getting noticed for not only my career advice and insight, but my earring work and even just my opinions about how people should treat each other in corporate America. So I'll share a little bit about all of that. Yes, definitely. I'm excited. Alrighty. So going off of that, what have your experiences been with getting noticed? How did you do it? We want to know the ins and outs, whatever you're willing to share. And what sort of perks have you experienced as a result of getting noticed? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, so I think you have to start out by defining what it means to get noticed. For me, getting noticed is I am throwing everything out in the world that I'm passionate about, that I'm interested in. I'm doing it in a strategic way, which I'll touch on a little later. But I'm working really hard to be known for something. That something is very intentional and it's very deeply rooted in my interests, my passions, my values. So when I say getting noticed, I truly, I mean being noticed for those things that align with who you are. Um, so my journey starts back in 2014. I had graduated high school. I was in my first semester in college and I was in a computer class where the professor said, okay, if you want 10 points of extra credit, make a LinkedIn profile tonight. And I went on, made it, didn't think anything of it for about six months. I thought it was the most boring thing in the world. Uh, you know, logged out, forgot my password. And then about a year later, I had started a desk job uh, during the summer in the college. And we couldn't access Facebook, Instagram, anything fun on the work computers. And we had to be on the work computer we couldn't have our phones out. So I would spend my time on LinkedIn. That was the only like social media site that people could go on. So, you know, I had friends who would watch movies. Netflix wasn't banned. Um, <laughs> but I just spent my time on LinkedIn and I started noticing when I was on the platform that I was literally one connection request away from CEOs at companies. And people who were creating products that I was using. Like at the time I was really, um, I was figuring out that gluten made me really sick. And so I was starting my own journey of visiting farmer's markets and, um, you know, trying to figure out how, what I could put into my body so that it would be healthy and happy. And I started noticing that there were a lot of companies that had that sort of wellness mentality and perspective too. So I started getting really passionate about that. So um, at the time, I started reaching out to senior directors at companies that had products that I was really passionate about. Like, for example, Enjoy Life. Uh, they have a bunch of allergy-friendly, like, baked goods, uh, snacks, things like that that people can use. But I made, I started, I just got really passionate about it. I made a list of all the companies I interacted with, whether it was products that I bought, you know, things that I used them for. And I started researching the people that were at the companies, following them. And then if I noticed that they seemed to sort of resonate with who I was and what I liked and what I spent my time doing, I would send them a connection request. And at the time, I would ask them to talk right away because I was just, I was so interested in talking to these people. I knew that I was eventually going to want to be in a place in corporate America like what they were in. So I just wanted to get the scoop. Only about 10% of them responded. It was really discouraging. But the people who did respond became my first followers and my first supporters on the platform. 
So, you know, as the years progressed, I started um, writing, dabbling here and there. I started writing articles, uh, you know, writing stories about what I was going through in college, things I noticed, my own interview processes. And it just kind of started to click. My, you know, I started gaining more followers. And before I knew it, it was my senior year and I was getting ready to graduate college. I was following hundreds of recruiters, HR professionals. That was my background, human resources. And I just knew that um, I needed to keep at it. My college started asking me to visit different clubs and classes and present on LinkedIn. So I started giving trainings on how people should create their LinkedIn profiles, how they should, you know, make sure that they you know, have a certain amount of skill sets and how they should take their photo. And I had, I did like hour long presentations where I would talk to people and then help them develop their profile so that they could get noticed and get a job. Um, I was not expecting myself to gain the momentum that I did, but I'm excited to share that I've never actually applied to any of the companies that I've worked at. I've worked at an awesome startup. I worked at Google and now currently at iSIMS as well. All the opportunities that have come to me have come through someone noticing my content, noticing me, the information that I put out there in the world, um, really liking my passion and what I stand for and what I do in my free time, and asking me if I want to join their cause and what they're doing. So um, to kind of backtrack a little bit, my very first job out of college, I had actually messaged one of dozen recruiters, and he took a huge interest in me. He really liked my drive, and he liked my initiative of just reaching out, being so young and already knowing that I, you know, wanted what I wanted in corporate America. So he sent my resume to 20 of his closest recruiter friends, uh, Apple, Facebook, LinkedIn, and one of them happened to work at InfoScout, which was the company that I ended up signing an offer with. So I was working remotely for them, living in Colorado. Uh, they were in California, and right after I graduated college, I ended up moving out working at InfoScout, was there for about a year, continuing to help people. By that point, I was able to get experience in developing resumes and really trying to um, help people to develop their own resumes and LinkedIn profiles so that they could get their first job out of college like how I did. And that's when my content started to explode. And um, now, three companies later, I'm at close to 53,000 followers, and I've spoken at dozens of universities. I've gotten to speak at some really cool podcasts, and some really cool things have come up. People have sent me books to read before they've published them. Um, I've gotten some fun free products, and I mean, you could call it this way. I've gotten, you know, salaries from LinkedIn. It's gotten me all of my all of the money I've ever made in my life. <laughs> so that's, you know, kind of my background about it. But um, I'm also kind of working on developing myself in the Instagram space as well and just having a lot of fun kind of showing off my love for colors and fashion and earrings and gardening. And I'm just kind of rolling out all of my favorite things. An interesting piece here, I think that's important to note for our listeners, is that it's not like someone just noticed you suddenly out of the blue. Like you did nothing and then everyone noticed you and now you are who you are today. Like you did a lot of initial work and brand building and reaching out to folks with genuine intentions because you're interested in them and continued creating content. And it led to this, this point, it sounds like a, a snowball effect, if you will. Is this true? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think um, 
a lot of people don't notice the hard work that goes into someone achieving a dream that they have. But what people don't see is the mornings and evenings that I'm spending on my phone, my lunch breaks, networking, talking with people, helping people, and all the time that goes into my strategy. I have actually a Google Doc where anytime a LinkedIn post comes into my mind, because it starts out as a little idea or a sort of phrase, and I'll write it down because if I don't, I'll forget it. But I'll be in the middle of a line with my mask on, waiting for coffee, and the idea will just run into my mind. And if I don't write it down, I will forget it, and I'll never remember it again. And so a lot of my LinkedIn content comes from me just in a moment in time, or maybe even someone's venting to me about something they're going through. And I'm realizing a lot of people are going through this, and I'm going to share the advice I give to you with um my 53,000 followers. Hope you don't mind. I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> say you were the person I talked to. But, but yeah, so. Yes. There's a lot that goes into I think that's that. that's a great point. I'm, I'm a fellow writer. And so if something comes to mind, then it has to be written down immediately. Otherwise, I will forget. And then I'll, you know, dislike yeah. myself later because I'll be like, no, it was so good. I don't remember what it was, but it was such a good idea. So I understand. Yeah. Have you read um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? I have not. You should you should check it out. Um, Big Magic is this book where she essentially talks about her process of creating. In her sense, it's writing. But she says that um, on multiple occasions, she she treats ideas um, as if they're people. And she says that ideas come and they knock on the door, and you never really know how long they're going to want to stay. But if you don't pay attention to them, they're going to go to someone else's house. You know, and I just, I thought that was so funny because she was talking about how, um, you know, she had this great idea and she was going to write a book and then she ended up, um, you know, pushing the idea to the side. Um, she met up with one of her friends a few years ago, gave her a hug, and a few months later, her friend had published a book on that exact same idea. So she jokingly oh. said that, you know, the idea moved from her to her friend when she gave her a hug or it was something like <laughs> that. I read it a couple of years ago, but... I've always kind of giggled to myself about how that's actually really true. So. Yes. No, definitely. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. All righty. Back to the topic. Yes. So obviously, like I mentioned earlier, and everyone knows, we have been in shelter in place. It's been a different world this last year or so. So how do you think that has played a role? And of course, this increasingly digitized world, how do you think has played a, a role in this increased desire to get noticed because I do think there's more content creators and just more interest in getting noticed on platforms like like LinkedIn so yep. how do you think that played a role yeah I mean everything that people did was essentially the way they did it was taken away uh, you know job fairs networking events meeting people at work people realized all options they had to grow and escape what they were maybe going through, all of it had been taken away. So I think a lot of people flocked to social media as an escape and primarily as the only way that they could still connect and feel valued and spend time with other people when they didn't have a lot of the, the friendships and the way they executed those friendships that they had before. So I think um, social media has exploded, and I think it's going to continue to do so. I think because, quite honestly, 
I know a lot of people now who are remote, who have realized that they actually kind of like the situation that they're in a little bit. Not all of it. For me, particularly, I like the idea of getting to be at home, make my own schedule, be in the middle of my plants while I'm in a meeting. Like, those are all things that, as silly as it may seem, I realized I was missing out on uh, when I was at previous companies, which is why I ended up going remote into a remote role. And um, social media is now my job when I'm doing full-time. So I think um, people have realized that they like what they were able to create when they were at home, and they liked how they were able to show up online because of that. And the creativity that all of the noise was blocking them from. I was not creating nearly enough on LinkedIn when I had a five-hour commute when I was stressed uh, in the busiest parts of Northern California. I didn't have the time or the energy. So I think um, this is a shift has come where more people are online, more people are noticing, and more people are creating. So I think it's, it's great, but it also can be a little challenging to be noticed right now because everyone else is realizing oh, wow, you know, she got her job because she's been on here. Like, I got to start doing that, too. And when everybody's doing it, it kind of, it gets a little challenging to be seen. So. Yes. Yeah, definitely agree. And I totally agree with everything you're saying about sort of the, the impact that shelter in place has had on this moment, which can be very powerful for a lot of people. So, all righty. I'm extra excited about this next question. I come from like an engineering and design background. And me in particular, I love chatting people, posting content, um, but not all my friends do. <laughs> a lot of them sort of shy away from the concept of that. So for anyone who doesn't love attention or maybe they don't think they have content that they're interested in sharing, can they get noticed these days in the digital world? And if so, how do you think so? Yes, absolutely. Um... My strategy has been to connect with people who are struggling in their job search or maybe not happy in their current position. And I've worked really hard to help them see that they can make a change and they don't have to stay in the yucky environment that they're in, that they have the power and the resources to make that change. Um, because of that, I am bringing in such a large audience of various people and it does get overwhelming. I'm extremely extroverted. I get hundreds of messages on LinkedIn a month. I get people constantly asking me questions, sharing really deep personal stories with me. And in non-virtual times, I loved that. I got so excited, just the more the merrier. I was planning, you know, huge fun get-togethers all the time with as many people as I could and, you know, trying to bring everybody together. And I was just in the middle of it, getting more and more excited and pinging off the walls. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely different in a virtual space. You can control essentially who sees your content, what you want to be known for, and you control how often you want to be seen, which I think is really powerful. So for me, um, I like posting almost every day on LinkedIn and on Instagram. I really like showing up. I've built a great, um, a great community around that of people that I just really enjoy spending time with. And during these pandemic times, these people have become my friends. So um, I think you can really strategize. Maybe it's art. You know, maybe you like to paint watercolors as an example. 
and in your full-time job, you're not doing anything creative at all, um, you can just start posting some of your artwork on LinkedIn and maybe talk about things that you're going through. It's an interesting thing. A lot of people are venting and talking about frustrating things. If you looked at the keyword, um, the hashtag Etsy right now, you would primarily just see me on there because it's kind of an untapped market of people aren't really trying to quietly market on LinkedIn for their creative ventures. But I'm trying to kind of do a blend of those things. So, you know, if you're trying to get noticed for something very specific, you can start, you know, putting that out, putting feelers out. And people who are interested in the same things and communicate the same way as you, they're actually going to start reaching out. It's pretty crazy. Um, people, I have never met people who are so similar to me as I have through LinkedIn. People who I have met through just, they've reached out, connected with me and said, we literally have everything in common. And now we text, we know each other, we have virtual calls once every couple of weeks. Like, they're closer friends than most of the people I went to high school with. So I think like your very, your unique group is there. You just have to figure out, um, you're in control. If you start to get exhausted, take a break. I have taken weeks off of LinkedIn because I've just gotten too many messages. I've had too much going on and I haven't been able to respond to people. But I think, um, you can put out information in a way that's less follow, like, let's get in touch, let's talk, let's hang out, because that's very much my strategy. Um, but you can be a little bit quieter, and you never know the cool things that'll come up because of it. Um, like, just kind of a, a side thing, like, how I got to my current company, Ison. I do not have a marketing degree. My marketing experience has truly just been building up my LinkedIn profile and sharing job tips on LinkedIn. But iSIMS reached out to me for a few reasons. One of them, I had a sneaky, quiet desire to do something in marketing. I didn't know quite what, but I knew that if I ever wanted to transition into any sort of marketing role, I would need to have the keywords on my LinkedIn profile. So I just added SEO, marketing, branding, social media. I just added those skills to my profile and a couple other more unique ones. I can't remember them at the time, or I can't remember them right now. But um, I added those to my profile, and not two months later, the chief marketing officer at iSense reaches out to me. Her name's Susan, and she's amazing. And she says, hey, um, are you interested in transitioning from HR into marketing? We have this opportunity that I really think you would be good at. And so we started talking. So even if getting noticed is as simple as updating your LinkedIn to show that you have the skills that you're interested in, that in itself can open doors for you. Um, all of my opportunities have come because I've posted on LinkedIn, I've communicated with people, and it kind of makes sense that I'm in marketing now because I spend so much time on social media, you know, <laughs> getting to know people and trying to give value back. Yes. Awesome. No, thank you for that. That's great advice, I think, to find your niche because everyone has their niche and their story to tell, even if it's I don't know. An audience is an audience. So it's something to keep in mind. All right, Liz. Yes. So I know we've talked a lot about the good that has come from getting noticed in your life so far. And obviously amazing that all of your job roles have come from you sort of building up this, who you are digitally for the world <laughs> yeah. to see. 
Um, but from your experiences, what's the good, if there's any more you want to add, and maybe the bad of getting noticed by others? Yeah, um, the good, honestly, is one that lifts. When you show yourself off the things you're good at, the things you like, both of those things at the same time, um, you honestly do attract people who remind you remind them of themselves when they were younger, which is honestly the best way someone can think about you because they're much more willing to want to mentor you and help you along the way. Um, you can get cool opportunities. I had this garden company reach out to me. They liked that I was so good at growing plants and they sent me a garden tower and they gave me hundreds of dollars in product. Wow. All I love because, your garden tower. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, but like those cool, weird things came to me because I just liked talking about plants. You know, so like cool things happen, um, cool like community building things happen and um, just so much good could come of it, leaps and bounds. I literally worked at Google. I was able to make it to an amazing, incredible company all because I was active on social media. If I didn't have a LinkedIn profile, Google would not have reached out to me so they're interested in me. So by not showing up on a platform in your specific way intentionally, um, you're, you're honestly missing out on some really cool opportunities. The bad parts of social media um, is burnout, honestly. Um, I spend so much time trying to talk with people, help people get to know them. I actually had to go to the doctor because I had tendinitis in my wrist. It was a little embarrassing. I started having to do stretches. I, I'm, it's really silly to admit, like, or it's not silly because it actually impacted my life. But um, it kind of feels a little ridiculous that it became a problem. But I was just doing this so much, so long every day that I had to learn, you know, specific stretches to um, build up muscles that I was just not utilizing the right way. Um, so, like, that's kind of a physical aspect of it. Also, just when you constantly feel like you're being seen or noticed, it can get really exhausting. You can just feel tired, and you can start to lose sight of why you're there and what you're doing. And also, it took me years to get to 53,000 followers. It takes a long time to get noticed. And it's something that you have to really be willing to dedicate a lot to. Um, I think a lot of people, they ask me about my journey and they expect me to say something like, yeah, you know, kind of as you alluded to earlier, I was just hanging out on LinkedIn and then somebody reached out to me and I don't even know how it happened. I know exactly how it happened. It was 30 plus hours a week talking to people, networking, getting to know them. Um, that's tough work. I think... Another negative aspect, which I'll, I'll shift into a positive, is when you show off who you are, naturally people will disagree with you. People will say the way you do things is wrong. They'll be, they'll be hurtful. They'll be hateful. They'll try and tear you down. Uh, luckily, my audience is primarily very uplifting and encouraging, but I get a few people every now and then that just say some yucky things and it impacts me more than I'd like to share, unfortunately, just because I do try and have such a healthy, happy, nice face. And when someone takes anything I communicate as anything but that, it makes me feel like I'm not really staying true to what I'm going for. But I've ultimately realized that 
there's always going to be people that don't agree with you, that don't understand you, they can't relate to you. Maybe they're going through their own frustrations. Maybe they tried a similar thing and it burns them. Um, there, there's so many reasons why people act out in kind of an unhealthy and negative way. But um, to kind of to put the spin on it now, as weird as it can be to be seen kind of negatively or to share an opinion that maybe doesn't go over very well, it also means that the right people are getting closer to finding you. The companies that you're supposed to be at when you're talking about a negative experience that you've gone through or a, an unprofessional situation that you were involved in, um, you know, maybe with someone else or maybe you yourself, a way that you grew, people are seeing the things that you're saying and the right people are going to start noticing you, especially if you're using hashtags or you're connecting with people that are maybe in the industry that you're interested in or are maybe um, at the company that you maybe want to work at. Um, you know, I was sharing for a while about just tips that I recommended recruiters start utilizing so that they could be better champions of um, making sure candidates felt healthy and supported and appreciated. And I had a lot of recruiters who were actually like, what you're saying isn't feasible. I don't have enough time in the day to be nice and care about people. You know, like I actually had people who were very grumpy with me about that statement, but when I was posting all of that insight, Google said, knock, knock, hey, uh, we want somebody like you helping us at our company. You know, so like the things that some companies value are things that other companies don't. So a negative is you might be closing a door somewhere. You'll probably never be, I will never be, um, you know, in a recruiting type position where it's all about the numbers because I just, I, I can't be that way. Um, and similar to marketing. Um, I can't really share all details here, but professional and personal reasons. One reason why I decided to, to end my time with Google was because um, I was looking for an opportunity to develop myself more on social media. And I couldn't always find that at Google. I couldn't find positions that, you know, supported that for me. Um, so, I think in the moment, a negative of, you know, getting noticed and being involved on social media is that you aren't going to be liked and well-received by everyone, but it is pushing you to where you are supposed to go. And for me, at least, it's given me a, a much tougher skin, and it's actually really helped me drill into what I do believe and what my purpose really is, especially when I have people questioning it. So, long yes. answer. Uh, to a short question. But. <laughs> no. no, I appreciate it. In fact, there's one more thing that I want to bring up and I want to get your take on Yeah. in terms of what I think might be potentially the bad of getting noticed is comparing yourself to others. I think that potentially, um, I don't see how not, but with the introduction of social media, a lot of people sort of like get a high if they're posts get a lot of engagement, especially essentially if they go viral, right? And it's rare, I think, that every single post does that, even if you have like a very large following. Some post has to be the worst post, right? <laughs> of, of the week. Like someone's yeah. got to take that trophy. And so even if you're not comparing yourselves to others, which I think is a whole other conversation, if you're just comparing your posts to your other posts and how well they're doing, how do you sort of 
refocus your intentions of the post in the first place and like your why how do you how do you avoid the negative feelings around that totally yeah I um I can relate to this so deeply it's challenging when you have to associate your worth somewhat with the metrics right like for me LinkedIn is a hobby I'm not doing it for a job Social media overall, my core role at my company is very much engagement driven. So the amount of likes, comments, interests that I'm seeing in the things that I'm posting on behalf of the company, if it's not doing well, I'm not doing my job right. Like how do I, how can I frame it differently? So it's, it's challenging. It's fun that in my spare time, I don't have to worry about the likes as much. Um, oh, but I do. I don't have to worry about them, but I do. And I think, um, I have, there have been so many times where I'll just, I'll post something on LinkedIn and it just, it won't blow up right away or it won't at all. And the feeling I get is so devastating. Like, ah, like, did I say something wrong? Did I start wrong? Like, why aren't people gravitating towards this? It's something I'm so passionate about. Like, I was really hoping for this to like, to grow and build. And it's a really crappy feeling, but I actually did a little bit of research on it and most companies don't uh, share how their algorithm works uh, for various reasons, but I found out that a lot of social media strategies revolve around giving people that high, giving them that boost, like Instagram Reels. You'll see somebody's got half a million views on a Reel, and then they're back down to 10,000, maybe 600 again. There are thoughts that your social media pages realize the feeling, the addiction, the amazing feeling you get when it's high and it goes up and you're really excited and you're like, oh, wow, like, this means something. This is doing something. Like, look at the view count. It's just spiraling. Like, that feeling is so good and so desirable when that's what you're working for that they'll take it away because they know that if you feel it all the time, uh, you're not going to be as engaged. You're not going to spend as much time on the platform. I'll call it playing the game. That's just what I'll say. So they want you to play the game. If it's a metaphoric monopoly game, sometimes you got to go to jail. Uh, not in this context, but like you don't always get to pass go and collect your $200, you know. So um, it's definitely a frustrating feeling. But for me, when I try and think about the fact that overall, I have an amazing community. It's not about the likes. It's the quiet conversations I'm having with people on the side. It's the people I'm meeting. It's the new unique ideas that are coming to my mind because somebody messaged me and said, I think you should do pineapple earrings this week. And I go, I've never thought of that. And then my pineapples sell out next week because, you know, they went over so well. Like it's those types of things that that's not necessarily a like on a post, but, um, it's helping you spend your time on social media in the healthiest way, I believe, which is building connections, uh, gaining value, and sharing value with others. Awesome. Hopefully that helps. Because, yeah, it's, oh, man, it is such a rough feeling. Yeah. Especially starting out. But, but yeah. Yes. No, I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you sharing that. And it's it's reassuring to hear that from someone who has reached a good place, you know? Um for everyone starting out. So I appreciate that. All right, Liz, how do you think getting noticed in a digital world relates to creating genuine human relationships? I know you've discussed throughout this conversation that you've met a lot of people that 
you're closer to than other folks who you've met in person, like throughout your, your life. So uh, obviously you've had good experiences with this. So how do you think it relates? Yeah, I think um, it can be challenging and you have to practice at it. I know a lot of people who have actually kind of asked me to coach them through it because they've messaged me, they've asked for something. I politely said, uh, you know, I can't do that or I don't have enough time or you know, like I've had to unfortunately set a boundary right away and the conversation gets awkward. And I've actually had a couple of people say, you know, I feel like our conversation didn't really start out well. And I've noticed that's been happening with me a lot. Do you actually, do you have any advice for me? And it's been really interesting when that happens because most people don't want to know why it didn't go right. And I don't want to assume that they want to know. So I'm not going to, you know, tell them straight up, but the primary reason that it starts off badly is because when you just message someone asking for something of them, their time, their energy, their opinion, or asking for a sale even, it comes across as you're just trying to use them for something and you don't actually care about them as a person, at least to me and to others that I've talked to. Um, and it also kind of seems like it, for me, it makes me feel like if I don't help you, then you're just not going to take any interest in me or care about me. So the way that I like to reach out to people is I will let them know why I'm reaching out. Like what about them is interesting to me? Um, hey, Mariah, I really think it's cool what you're doing with your podcast and how you're trying to create such a cool community and help people find value on your platform through, you know, mentoring opportunities. Like I'm very passionate about potentially becoming a mentor. Um, so I've kind of moved into the second stage of the communication that I'll do. The second stage is like, what about them is causing you to reach out? So second stage, like I'm passionate about becoming a mentor. I'd love to talk with you more about, you know, what you're up to and maybe how I could get involved. And then the last part, which I see is the most common mistake, people will say, can we set up 10 minutes to talk? And for me, at least, it's, it becomes a very stressful message because up until that point when I've read, I go, oh, wow, like we have this in common. You want to support me. I know nothing about you. I don't know if this call is a scam. I don't know if I want to be associated with you. It's terrible to say, but there you don't want to be associated with everyone on social media. So like, how do you create that boundary? And I think like a really easy out, something that I like to say, and it's gone over well when I read it, is ending the, call, the conversation by saying, you know, Mariah, I'd really love to talk with you further about your company and, you know, learn more about what you're doing. If you're willing, sometime I'd really love to pick your brain over a virtual coffee. If not, no worries. I always end with like, it's okay if not. Like, it's okay for me to simply exist as a connection, as a new follower, because I'm just here to, to hang out. I'm not here to get everything from you, take all that I can. And I think um, when you don't do it that way, it kind of comes across that way. So I guess, that didn't entirely answer the question, but I think the more genuine you are online, the more genuine your friendships and relationships will be with the people who you've really only seen how they type on a screen. 
So I think it takes some getting used to and some practice because I was totally that person. Back my sophomore, junior year of college, I remember this one guy in particular. It'll always stick with me. I messaged him and I said, um, hey, I'm really passionate about HR. Like, I'd love to talk to you on the phone sometime about your HR experience. And he responded immediately and said, I actually hate HR. Um, and I don't have anything good to tell you about it. And me, not taking the hint, said, well, I'd love to talk to you about why you don't like HR. Like, I was just excited and driven, and I wanted to learn, and I thought he was cool. And he got really upset at me. He was like, why can't you take the hint that I don't want to talk to you? And it was, it was like, really, it got really negative really fast. And I was like, wow, I really didn't mean to offend you. But now that I'm in the position in corporate world of getting outreach from a lot of people, I have never responded the way he did. I mean, like, it hurt me so much to get that kind of, to have that kind of interaction. But um, <laughs> he was genuine and, you know, <laughs> he showed very much how he was when he was under stress. But um, I guess all that to say, if you are showing up online and trying to show who you are, what you care about, what you're interested in, the right people are going to come forward and with time they're going to gravitate towards that and some really cool friendships are going to form through it no that was beautiful and i appreciate you providing an example of what to avoid and and yeah. how to do it a little bit better <laughs> yes because i do think yeah i do think people need help like reaching out to strangers because that is the norm like to reach out yeah. to a stranger just to learn more about them but exactly. how to go about that there's kind of a right way to do it so I appreciate you sharing that template yeah all your best friends start out as strangers the love of your life starts out sure. as a stranger so like yes. what was like that's one thing I like to look back on is what if I can remember like what did I do in those situations that caused that person to like invest in me like from the get-go you know, and you can, there's a really creative way that you can translate that to online. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it often revolves around authenticity. So I appreciate you, you yeah. emphasizing that too. Okay, yeah. Liz, we've reached the last question. This is the last question. Every, every channel light on podcast is, do you have any last words of wisdom? And in this case, for someone trying to get noticed by others? Great question. Um, choose three things you want to be noticed for. For me, it was, I want to be the help that I didn't always get when I was trying to become a professional. I want to show people who are physically feeling sick because of their diet. I want to show them how I've changed mine to make myself happier and healthier and how much more I'm able to live. And I also, I want to just motivate others to do more than just exist. So like, whether it's like, turn off Netflix tonight and work on something instead, or turn on Netflix and just relax, like whatever it may be, but like trying to do everything intentionally. So I put those three things in a notebook actually. And for each thing, I wrote down as much content as I could, just in bullet points, just like whatever came to my mind. And that's when I started posting about it, taking photos on it, trying to visit places, connecting with people who were doing similar things, reading books from authors that had similar mindsets and mottos and ideas. 
And before I knew it, all the people I was associating with were providing so much love and value and interest in my life to the point where I am happily addicted to social media and being online and showing up. And that wasn't always the case. It used to be a mindless scroll, right? Mindless scrolling, mindless reading. It's no longer that way. It's a really authentic, intentional, cool, colorful place. So start with three things. Start building content around it. It's not going to go over well. For at least six months to a year, you'll get four or five likes. One of them will be your grandma. You didn't even know she was on LinkedIn. Like, <laughs> it'll be that way. And then you'll start picking up themes, and you should connect with me, you know, and, like, we can hang out and have fun on there. So that's my advice. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much again, Liz, for chatting with me today. Great having you. I really loved being here. Thank you so much. Yes. And to anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.